The Lord can and often does change our lives all in one day. He can connect us to the right person at the right time. He can speak a word to our heart and use that to completely turn a situation around. We should be seeking these connections, these moments every day. Imagine how much less the enemy can trick us if we are always seeking the Lord and His best for us in every circumstance. That's what All in One Day is all about. Welcome back to the All in One Day show. This is that place that we come to every Wednesday now at 2 o'clock in the afternoon to talk about how the Lord can or how the Lord has changed our lives all in one day. I am your host, Melissa Salem, and we have moved um, to a different time slot in case you haven't noticed. (laughs) You're probably trying to um, listen to Steve Gregg, and he'll be on at 3 o'clock now, and I'm going to be here with you for the next hour and it's going to be like that um, on Wednesdays so daylight savings it's one of those things that we don't do in Arizona but everybody else in the United States does it I think it's every well I don't know I think there's one more state that doesn't do it I don't know but anyways you can look that up you can look that up let me know who doesn't do daylight savings besides Arizona um so we don't do it, but we get jostled around a little bit because the programs, various programs that we have on KXXT, they practice the daylight savings. So we have to kind of move things, shift things around. That's why we're here at two o'clock instead of three. I know you were curious. So if you missed us last week because you tuned in at three instead of two o'clock, um, we have podcasts and they're available to you on soundcloud.com forward slash all in one day. Everything's spelled out and hyphens in between. So it's all hyphen in, hyphen one, hyphen day. Um, You can find us there. We're also on iTunes and Stitcher. Um, And um, I try to post them on my Facebook. Sometimes I succeed very well and sometimes I do not. Sometimes it's a technical difficulty on my end and sometimes it's just um, something on their end and I can't post it for one reason or another. So there's Facebook, and I also um, try to get them on my Pinterest. So you can follow me on both Facebook and Pinterest, and they show up there for you. Um, Or like I said, SoundCloud. It's a free account. You can go and sign up, and you can follow all in one day. And then that way, every time we post a a podcast, you'll you'll have it in your, your feed, your podcast feed, when you pull open the app. So, or the website. You don't have to have an app, but you can. So we were talking last week about altars and milestones, and um, I told you about reaching a a pretty big milestone um, for the church that I attend, but also for my business um, on 11-1. And we talked about how um, 11-1 is just one of those dates that keeps popping up for me whenever there's milestones involved. Um, in my life. I don't know why. I'm not alone in that. I've, and it's 11-1, maybe I'm alone, but um, November itself tends to be one of those months that people talk about, you know, a lot of milestones get reached in in November for me, and, or a lot of events occur in November. Um, People get married, they're, they start businesses, they're, 
um, children are born, what have you. I don't have those kinds of events, but there's um, definitely milestones, and they're not designed. They're certainly not designed by me. Um, I think they're. I think they are designed by the Lord, and one day He's going to explain to me why. Um, Eleven in the Bible happens to be a a number that um, that represents new beginnings. So I've always just kind of taken it that way. Um, I don't know if that's the Lord's intention or not, or if he even has an intention except to just arrest my attention to the fact that he is paying attention to me. (laughs) Too many attention intention words there. Um, It humbles me greatly that the creator of the universe cares enough about me Melissa Salem, little old Melissa Salem, to um, make his presence known to me in those ways, it really just blows my mind. And it makes me very humble um, to think that he does that. I don't understand um, if if you're an atheist or you're someone who uh, believes in a, a different religion where your God is either completely absent, there isn't one, or um, he doesn't really pay attention to you. He's not involved in your life. I don't understand that. I understand the desire to not have God involved in your life. (laughs) I do understand that um, to a point. But boy, are you missing out because he gets involved and he gets involved so intimately that he makes these kinds of things happen, occur. So last show, that's what we talked um, about. And we, and then I talked about building altars. So, you know, we talk about the Lord um, changing our lives all in one day, but do we talk about, or do we do, do we, you know, turn around and thank him for that? Do we turn around and build an altar um, in that place? So um, the Old Testament is a type and a shadow and that's where you find altars, um, mostly in the Bible. You find them in the Old Testament. So it's a type and a shadow for something to come. It's not necessarily um, that we should go and build an altar and sacrifice an animal on it. That is not what I'm talking about at all. Um, but if you're visual like I am, then building something is very helpful or can be very helpful. So I talked about, well, how... Um, how will I build this altar? You know, and I'm a hiker, so maybe I do. Just, you know, go climb a mountain and build a little rock tower and thank the Lord for everything that he's done in my life and in my business and um, in my walk, in my family. I mean, I could go on and on and on. This milestone that I hit um, is just a small little thing that he's that he does for me. It's it's huge in in my perspective, but there's just so much that he does for me. Um, I I mean I the the numbers are just endless. I just don't even have a way. If, I, if somebody asked me to write down all of the testimonies that I have of the things the Lord has done for me, I'm not even sure I would touch on a fraction of them because they're too numerous. But there's there's big ones that stand out in my mind. Um, so we talked about that. You know, do we turn around and thank the Lord for these um, 
even the little things that um, maybe it's something that just didn't happen, you know, and we prayed that it wouldn't happen. You know, don't let that tornado hit my house. I think that's pretty big. We would probably turn around and <laughs> thank the Lord for that one. Um, we had an earthquake in Phoenix um, just a week and a half ago. And I think probably people thanked the Lord that it wasn't worse. Um, but puzzled as to why are we having an earthquake in Arizona? <laughs> We're not supposed to have earthquakes in Arizona, although we have had um, a lot of them. I don't know the number uh, but I've heard of them, and we definitely have probably had more than you and I know um, that aren't felt by anybody. But anyways, completely different topic. So at the end of la- the last show, I talked about why do we build an altar? Is it just to give thanks? Maybe it should represent our testimony. And so we were talking about Noah and getting off the boat and building an altar and thanking the Lord for saving his family. We also talked about like how um, Noah went through the hundred years of building the ark. And, you know, if I knew that all of my neighbors were going to die, I would be very passionate in telling them the good news. Hey, I'm building this ark. And if you get on it, you're not going to die. Um, You know, God is making a way for people to be able to escape the coming, you know, catastrophe. I would fervently tell all of my neighbors that. And I'm sure Noah did. But not one of them believed him. They laughed at him. They scoffed at him. He became a a proverb, a byword. You know, like that Noah guy. You're crazy like Noah, I'm sure. (laughs) Was something that was said around town, you know, if you will. Um... But we do know as Christians that the people around us who who are not believers, who are not following the Lord, who are not trusting in Jesus for their salvation, they're going to die. And it's it's not going to be they're gonna die and then, you know, absent from the body, present with the Lord. It's going to be absent from the body and then I'm not really sure. Um you can read your Bible. I know we all think of, well, they're going to hell. Um, I, I'm, I'm not sure how it all works out at the end. I know that they're going to be separated from God because that's what they chose. But David says, if I made my bed in hell, you are there. So how are they going to be separated from God for eternity? I'm not really sure how that all works. Um, I've never tried to study it. I've never been a student of what happens if um, simply because I've got one thing and one thing only when I die and I get to the pearly gates as we say if I am asked why in the world should we let you in Melissa I can just stand behind the cross I I'm just gonna point to the cross I don't have anything else I haven't saved a bunch of kittens out of burning buildings. I <laughs> I don't have a bunch of good works that outweighs my bad. I just don't. All I have is a savior who crawled up on a tree for me. That's it. That's all I got. So if that's it and that's all I've got and it's just that simple, um, then I don't see a reason to study where we go if we're not trusting in Jesus. You may. 
that may be your calling. It may be something that you should be doing because the people that in your sphere of influence need to hear that. Um, most of most of the time, I'm I'm the opposite. It's not about you're going to go to hell. It's why wouldn't you want to spend eternity with Jesus? I don't have any idea why you wouldn't want that. Um, why wouldn't you want to spend your life here on earth li- living for and loving him who lived for and loves us so much? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. Why wouldn't you? Um, so that's kind of my stand. So we're going to talk about that when we come back. You're listening to the All in One Day show. We're going to take a small break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the All in One Day show. I am your host, Melissa Salem. This is that place that we come to every Wednesday at two o'clock now to talk about how the Lord can or how the Lord has changed our lives all in one day. So we were talking about, last week we talked about building altars. And um, so this week I want to talk about why. So we touched on it just a little bit right at the conclusion of last week's show. Um, You know, maybe we're supposed to build an altar as our testimony. So if, and, and you can build an altar any way you want to, as long as it includes thanking the Lord, you know, putting him on the pedestal, certainly not um, ourselves or anything else, but him on the pedestal. And it's all about um, what he's done for us. What's so our testimony. So in, in um, Revelation, we have we have two ways that we overcome and that's by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. And so nobody can ever take a testimony away from you. You know, whatever the Lord has done in your life, no one can take that from you. Um, and you shouldn't, uh, it shouldn't be something that you would want taken from you, obviously, but you shouldn't hide it either. It should be something that you, you proclaim. So you see all these, um, you know, weight loss, programs that are out there. And one of the things that really gets people going on these weight loss programs are the before and after pictures. So um, there are ways on the internet that you can just search for before and after pictures. And there's some pretty strong testimonies out there, you know, different things that people have done that, that have resulted in a complete body change. I mean, I, I don't have any other words for it. And it can be very powerful. It can be a powerful motivator for other people who need to do the same thing. It can be um, a motivator for someone who's doing the same thing. It can um, it can be something that makes us feel like, geez, you know, I I could do that, and why am I not doing that? Um, so I guess that's motivation. Still, it's not really guilt. I shouldn't. It shouldn't be guilt. <laughs> you shouldn't look at before and after pictures and think you know, well, I'm just not that good, or I'm just not good enough, or whatever. This definitely shouldn't be shame or guilt. Um, But it should motivate you. And, and it does motivate you. I know it does, because people, their reactions are, wow. (laughs) And some of those pictures are really wow. Um, If you've ever watched one of the reality TV shows, The Biggest Loser, or 
the extreme weight loss or I'm sure there's others out there that I'm just not even aware of. Um, it is pretty wow, the transformation that a person's body can go, go through just in disciplining themselves in what they eat and, you know, going to the gym or whatever it is that um, they do for exercise. It is amazing the transformation that occurs. Even their complexion brightens. Uh, they're, they look, typically, they look years younger than they did prior to um, starting whatever it is that, that they did to lose their weight. Some people, some, some young adults or young um, teenagers, when they go through their transformation, they don't look younger. They actually look more mature in a, in a very good way. Um, so that happens too. So why am I even talking about all this? Because it's a testimony and it's a visual testimony. So if I walked into your home and I looked around, what visual testimony am I seeing? Typically, we have family pictures. Sure, that's definitely a visual testimony of where we've been and where we're going and how we're getting there, um, obviously. And that's why we put pictures up on the wall. It's, it's not to um, idolize <laughs> our children. It's just to show people a visual testimony of our family. Maybe it's telling a story. Um, maybe you have paintings or other artwork that's on your walls and it tells a story of someplace else that you've been or someplace else that you're going or um, something that you've been brought through. Something that, you're, that your creativity has um, created. I don't know. What am I going to see if I walk into your home? What is the testimony that I see? How can we build an altar in our own home as a testimony to what the Lord has brought us through? What is it that you've been brought through that you want to build an altar of testimony for? That will pretty much determine what it is that you're going to be able to do. Um, for mine, I had told you that I had a my first ever staff meeting <laughs> of my company on 11-1, and that was um, a huge milestone for me. And I forgot to take a picture, and it just breaks my heart. Like I should have taken a picture. That would have been a really good um, way to reveal a testimony. And now I have to think of one. How am I going to do that? So part of um, what I've done is my podcast. So I can share that podcast. That's, it's a huge testimony for me. And I think it would speak to other people that are in my same position or have been in my same position or um, maybe think that they can't ever do something. It, maybe it will motivate them to start whatever that is that they want to do. Dream big. Um, <laughs> such on a small scale and I know that but but it's huge to me so um, so I went from building an altar to becoming a light on a hill I think that Noah definitely was a light on a hill in a very um, spiritual way to the people around him 
they definitely didn't perish without knowing the truth because Noah saw to it that he shared the truth with them. And if you're not a Christian and you're rolling your eyes and, you know, what is truth? What, you know, what is, it's all relevant. Um, I mean, it's all relative. I always get those two words mixed up. It's all relative. That's what everybody tells me. Well, what's true to me isn't necessarily true to you. And well, then there's the truth. And the truth in Noah's time was you're going to perish if you don't get on the boat. It just simply was the truth. It was a fact. (laughs) It was going to happen. And it did happen. And nobody listened to him. But it didn't stop him from telling everybody the truth. So he was definitely a light on a hill in a, in a very dark place, apparently. Why aren't we? Why aren't we doing that with our neighbors? Why aren't we that passionate? We know that death is going to take them and they will be eternally separated from God, however that looks, if they are not trusting Jesus as their savior. If, if they're not like I say, you, you know, they're just going to point at the cross and say, I don't have anything. I've got a savior who crawled up on a tree for me and that's it. Um, if they're not of that uh, mindset, then they're, they're not going to be with God for eternity. So why aren't we that light on the hill? So that's what we're going to talk about today in today's show. You're listening to the All in One Day show. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the All in One Day show. I am your host, Melissa Salem. This is that place that we come to every Wednesday at two o'clock now to talk about how the Lord can or how the Lord has changed our lives all in one day. So in talking about Noah, um, it definitely wasn't all in one day, was it? It took him 100 years to build this ark and and then it rained (laughs) and that took forever. Well, I'm sure it seemed like forever. I know that if it rains a couple of days in a row here in sunny Phoenix, um, we all get a little, wow, is it ever going to stop raining? (laughs) I know other parts of of the United States and other parts of the world um, are laughing at me right now because they have um, less days of sunshine than they do of rain. and, And there's a heck of a lot less days of sunshine where we definitely have the majority days of sunshine. Um, so I'm sure that it, it would have felt to me and they, and they hadn't experienced rain. So I'm sure it felt to them like, is this ever going to stop? So to say it was all in one day would be really difficult, but he definitely came, the Lord came to Noah all in one day (laughs) and said, Hey, I want you to build this boat and this is what's going to happen. There's going to be a great flood. And it's the only way that you and yours are going to get saved from the great flood and you need to build this boat. So his life definitely changed in one day. He went from Noah, which actually means rest or chair. <laughs> like that's, can you imagine naming our kids the way they named their children back then? So, um, hi, this is my, this is my son, 
couch. <laughs> but yet that's exactly what, you know, Noah was just rest to rest or to sit in a chair. Um, kind of a, a word. So I don't know. I, we would, you know, okay, this is my, my daughter, Lazy. <laughs> and this is my son, Boy. <laughs> lazy Boy. Okay, well, whatever. <laughs> you just got that. Uh, yeah, so Ramon, our producer, is now laughing at me. But anyways, so <laughs> so here you have Noah. He's just this average guy. And God shows up one day and says, I want you to build, you know, this really big, huge boat that's like the size of a Las Vegas hotel. <laughs> oh, okay, you know. Yeah, no problem. There's going to be this rain stuff that falls out of the sky that you've never seen before. And um, it's going to destroy the earth. And if you're not on the on the boat, then, you know, well, you're going to be destroyed with it. So get to building. And... And he does. <laughs> His whole entire life completely changed in one day. Um, but it took 100 years to build it, to to preach at everybody with no converts, and for the rain to start falling out of the sky. And I'm sure even Noah was like, really? Is it ever going to happen? Or I don't know, maybe he took a sweet time building the ark, trying, trying, trying to get his neighbors to listen to him. You know, maybe one will be saved. I don't know. Um, we're really not told. We're just told he, he built it. It took him forever. He didn't have a convert. He preached. And his whole family got on the boat. And all the animals came to him. And God shut the door. And the rain started falling out of the sky. So after he gets off the boat and he builds the altar. And he thanks God for saving him and his. And I mean, what what would he do then? You know, and I've often thought of this, like, what if I were Noah? And I got off the boat. And I was like, okay, the whole entire world is gone. And here I am on the top of Mount Ararat. And I, I got to like traverse down this little mountain. And what do I do now? So <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. You have to kind of rebuild the, the whole infrastructure. Everything's gone. It's, it's completely wiped out and it's just you and your boys and their wives and your wife and he's really old and yet he turns around and has more kids with his wife who's also really old and we're here today because Noah didn't just jump off Mount Ararat <laughs> and say this job is way too big for me so what was the testimony that he was he was um, sharing with that altar. I I think it's pretty ginormous what he was sh sharing with that altar. Um, not just you saved me and mine, but you 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 have a purpose for us to be here, and and he definitely lives up to that purpose, and his and his kids do too, for for the majority, um, and and if you're interested in the story, read it. It's all in Genesis. It's only a couple of chapters. <laughs> it's a big story. But um, if you're interested in the in the history of the background and the people, where did they go? How did they resettle and all that kind of stuff, then you have to get outside of the Bible. We only have a couple of chapters. So you're listening to the All in One Day show. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the All in One Day show. I am your host, Melissa Salem. This is that place that we come to Wednesdays at two o'clock to talk about how the Lord can or how the Lord has changed our lives all in one day. And the reason I'm focusing so much on Noah is just because, um, because he built an altar and it's the first altar that's mentioned in the Bible. Um, so he builds, builds this altar and we were talking last week about milestones and building an altar and testimony and that kind of stuff. So that's kind of why I'm picking on, um, not really picking on, but I'm really, you know, honing in on Noah and his story. And he's a perfect example of someone who was brought to and brought through um, something that was so much bigger than he is or he was. And all he could do is just thank the Lord for bringing him through that and trust him in walking forward, you know, repopulating the earth, rebuilding the infrastructure, re redoing a lot of the things that had already been done, but not um, doing some of the things that got us all killed um, in the, in the beginning. That had to be a daunting task. It was a new world when that boat landed on the top of Mount Ararat. It was a completely new world. Um, before, before that, you know, the, all the land masses were stuck together. We didn't have oceans in between and the, the structure that we have now, when you look at um, our planet, was completely different when Noah started hammering those nails. So, so I, I can't imagine what he went through um, and he must have done it with a lot of prayer as far as the rebuilding. So what was the testimony that he was sharing with that altar? It wasn't just, you saved us, you brought us through this. It was, you're going to keep bringing us through. It was, I'm going to keep trusting you. It was something for everyone around him, even though population-wise there just wasn't very many, um, but something for everyone around him to visually see and and then remember that. I can't even imagine the cleanup. That, that really um, boggles my mind. And there had to be at least some that they had to do themselves just right around them because everyone perished. Every animal that they didn't save perished other than fish and, you know, anything in the sea. But all the land animals were, were killed, except the ones they saved. So just the cleanup <laughs> just blows me away. I can't even imagine for a minute. So you think about your own life and all the things that God has done and that he's brought you to and through and that he's bringing you to and through again. It's, it's a pretty powerful testimony. So then what do we do? We, we build this altar and it becomes that visual testimony. But what else do we do? We become that light on a hill. We become that lampstand. Our testimony is what shines when we open our mouth and we start talking to people. Because in our testimony is Jesus. That's the only reason it shines. If in our testimony Jesus doesn't exist, then there's 
not a lot of shining that goes on. But when Jesus exists inside of our testimony, we open our mouth and we shine with his light. We become that lampstand. And let me ask you, look around your home and tell me if you're driving outside and it's nighttime because you're listening to the podcast. (laughs) It wouldn't be nighttime at two o'clock in the afternoon. But if you're listening to the podcast and it's nighttime and you're driving around outside, let me ask you, where are the lights? Are they hidden? Are they, um, are there trees obstructing them? And in some ways that in some um, neighborhoods there are, and that's a violation. And the city gets out there and they, they trim the tree if it's theirs, or they get after the homeowner and they make them trim the tree because lights should be somewhere where they illuminate through the darkness. And they can't do that if they're hidden. So if you're sitting in your home and you don't get out much and you don't talk to people and you certainly don't share your testimony with anyone, then you are a light that's unplugged. You are a light that's not shining. You are a light that's hidden. And why would we ever hide a light? I guarantee you in your home, all of your lamps are on some kind of stand. They have a base and they're sitting on a table or they literally have a stand and they're standing behind a chair or something and and illuminating the chair so that you can read. Or they're up in a ceiling fan on a fixture on your ceiling and shining down at you or they're just in a fixture on your ceiling shining down at you. Um, They're not hidden. They're somewhere where somebody needs to be able to see. So there's the light. And you can, you have a switch, you can turn it on and then you can turn it off. And when you turn it off and you come out in the middle of the night and you trip over your dog, (laughs) you realize how important that light really is. You are that light. You're the light of the world. You are that light. So your testimony is what you share with people. And that's how you shine your light. What does that have to do with altars? A lot of times our, our testimonies are all written on an altar. So what does that look like to you? Like I said, is it pictures on the wall? Is it a story that you get to sit down and write? Is, are you a writer? Are you an author? Can you write a book about your testimony? Um, maybe it's just the fact that you share it and that becomes your altar. So you go to coffee with a friend of yours or um, someone that you just met and you share your testimony with them. And that's kind of like building an altar and thanking the Lord for what he's done. Because so many times when we are thankful it turns into giving. I know we have that holiday coming up. It's just right around the corner. It's called Thanksgiving. So it's not just about giving thanks, but because we're thankful, we give. How are you giving out of your thankfulness? That's your altar. So this Thanksgiving, as you sit around the table with your family and we all talk about what we're thankful for don't be afraid to be that light 
on a hill. Most of the time we're around our family, they typically have our same belief system, but a lot of them don't. And a lot of them are needing a light. And you may be that. Don't be afraid to be that. It blows me away how many people are thankful, quote unquote, they're thankful. And I ask them, who are you thankful to? And they don't have an answer for me because they're not, they're not Christians. Or maybe they, they have an answer, but it's, I'm thankful to the universe. <laughs> well, the universe didn't give you whatever it is that you're thankful for. It's the creator of the universe that gave you whatever it is that you're thankful for. Um, he is the giver of all good things. Every good and perfect gift comes from God and not the universe. I'm thankful to the universe. I'm thankful to Mother Nature. I'm thankful to, oh, the list goes on. But most of the time when I ask people that, it catches them off guard. What do you mean, who am I thankful? I'm just thankful. I don't have to have a who that I'm thankful to. Well, that's building an altar. When you have a who that you're thankful to, you're building an altar, you're sharing your testimony, you're being a light on a hill. And that's why God brings us to milestones. That's why he brings us to something, brings us through something so that we have a testimony on our lips and we can share it with other people. That's his motivation. I, I heard a song the other day, you work all things together for my good. Well, that's not really the way the scripture goes. He actually works all things together for his good. Read your, read your Bible. He works all things together for his good, which ultimately are our good. If it's good for God, it certainly is going to be good for us in one way, shape, or form, whether we realize it or we don't realize it until much later. It's still going to be for our good eventually but he works all things together for his good and that's why he brings us through these milestones so that we will build altars so that we will share our testimony so that we will be that light on a hill so as you're sitting around that table this thanksgiving holiday don't be afraid to talk about who you're thankful to when you're listing the things that you're thankful for. And especially don't be afraid to just hone in on one thing. We're all thankful for our family. We're all thankful for breath. We're all thankful for health. Those may be huge milestones for you. So uh, take me with a grain of salt. If, if you don't understand, Melissa, being thankful for my family is huge because my husband and I were on the brink of divorce. And so I am extremely, that is a, that's the ginormous testimony in my life right now. Then, then be thankful for your family and hone in on that one thing and give it to the Lord because he brought you through. He has become the center of your, of your marriage. And as a result, you know, your marriage has been restored, however that works for you. Um, but don't be afraid to be thankful too the Lord. And then whatever that milestone is, don't be afraid to hone in on that milestone instead of the rhetoric of, oh, I'm thankful for my husband. I'm thankful for my children. I'm thankful for to be here. I'm thankful for this food. Hone in on that one thing. For me, it's just going to be 
I'm so thankful that the creator of the universe cares so much about little old me that he brings me to these weird little milestones that he knows are so important and so huge for me so that I will turn around and just give him praise. Wow. Why, why should little old me and my little praise mean so much to the creator of the universe that he would orchestrate so many different things to bring it to pass? That's what I'm thankful for this year. And of course I'm thankful for my family, my church, my children, <laughs> all of the things that we're thankful for. I'm already getting hungry for stuffing. My stomach is growling. I can smell the turkey. It's just right around the corner. It is definitely my favorite holiday. Um, definitely, hands down. It's the holiday that is the holiday of holidays for me, Thanksgiving. Not just because of the food, um, but because we get four days off. <laughs> we don't. I, some of us do. A lot of us do. Um, I don't. I, I own a business. So there's, there is, what's a day off? Um, <laughs> so that's not why. It really is just, it's one of those days when everyone you see is cheerful. They're all focusing on being thankful. They're all focusing on building altars and sharing testimonies. And that's huge. And I think, wow, if that pleases me so much that it's my favorite holiday, how much does it please our father? And he gets to see everybody doing that all at once. That's pretty huge. That's why he brings us to these milestones. You've been listening to the All in One Day Show. I am your host, Melissa Salem. We'll see you next week. Oh,